It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Does free agent John Gray make a good investment this offseason? Coming up on Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Thursday, November 11th. Happy 11-11. Make a wish. And I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thank you for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. Follow me on Twitter at NashWalker9. Follow the show at Locked On Twins. Again, this is Nash Walker, writer at Twins Daily, lifelong Twins fan, bringing you five days a week coverage on the Minnesota Twins as we continue our free agent starting pitcher week, looking at the first tier, first and second tier, I'd say. Uh, we've broken down these tiers. Max Scherzer, it's a really a deep class, and I've, I've stressed that with this class. Very deep starting pitching class. Uh, that actually is a better thing for the Twins than a top-heavy class because when it's top-heavy, like it was in 2019, we talk about Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg, the Twins have no chance to sign Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg in free agency. And when there's a big drop-off to that second tier, the Twins can get hurt and sign Homer Bailey. You know, that can happen. Uh, but this year, it's less top-heavy, deeper, which gives the Twins more avenues, more opportunities to sign someone in those middle tiers. We're going to talk about John Gray today. And John Gray, maybe more than any pitcher on this free agent market, drawn the most buzz for the Twins, I'd say. A lot of fans. I mean, this goes back years. People were mocking John Gray to the Twins and everywhere as recently as 2019 because, like we always say, when you have a pitcher at Coors especially, but a pitcher in Pittsburgh, a pitcher in Colorado, a pitcher in Arizona, when you have pitchers in these deserts, in Arizona's case, literally, you dream on the upside of getting them out of that situation. And there is a track record of that actually happening. Garrett Cole, you know, you look at uh, Joe Musgrove as recently as this year, Robbie Ray, getting guys out of certain places, working with them yourself, Kevin Gaussman. I mean, the list just goes on and on. There's so many guys who this can be applied to. And there's always been this sense with John Gray that he's one of them too, that he's one of these guys that if you got him out of Coors, you got him out of Colorado, put him on a winning team, a good forward-thinking organization that can develop pitching, uh, John Gray is going to thrive. And whether that applies to the Twins, those uh, those notions before, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's subjective. Uh, but I do think they're forward-thinking for sure. And I think they've made adjustments with pitchers that have worked in the past in the last couple of years. So there is that feeling with John Gray and when you look at a guy like this and think about the upside, it's always about the stuff. It starts and ends with the stuff because you're not going to look at, let's say, Kyle Hendricks just from a stuff standpoint. If Kyle Hendricks was like struggling in Chicago and never was the great pitcher that he is, just continue to struggle and, and struggle and struggle, he's not a guy you look at and say, oh, we get him out of Chicago, like we can turn him into – an absolute weapon. And Kenta Maeda, to be honest, wasn't that either. There wasn't a feeling 
when Kent Maeda came from the Dodgers, a big part of this is that the Dodgers are maybe the most forward-thinking organization in all of baseball, but there was not a feeling that he was going to be unlocked. So that's why 2020 felt like such a surprise in the shortened season that he pitched the best baseball of his life, uh, but it was a shortened season, and he was not good in 2021 for a lot of it. Now, I will say he was injured, and he was phenomenal in July. So he kind of went back to being the pitcher we know, threw more sliders against lefties, which helped him for sure. There were some tweaks the Twins made with him that I think helped. But we can look back in 2020 for Kent Maeda and, and say that that was a little bit of an outlier for sure, his second place young finish. But he has the talent, and I think there are a few tweaks that were made with him. Long way of saying these guys exist. This happens, I wouldn't say often, but there's one or two pitchers every year who get out of a certain situation and thrive. And some are extreme examples, like Garrett Cole getting out of Pittsburgh, being taught to throw the ball at the, the top of the zone to get swings and misses rather than to pitch to contacts. Like it's a simple change. It's not an easy change, but it can unlock a whole nother pitcher. Garrett Cole has become another pitcher since uh, going to Houston and now with the Yankees signed for $324 million. A lot of that money he can earmark and thank Houston because they worked with him and they turned him into this monster. Cole is amazing. He's amazingly talented. He's, I think he was the first overall pick out of UCLA. So it's not like he doesn't have, you know, the, the credentials and doesn't have the arm strength or any of that. It's because he has those things that the Astros were able to work with him and unlock a whole new guy, a whole new strikeout machine. And you look at Joe Musgrove now going to the Padres. You look at some other pitchers around the league who have moved and it, it helps you to think about others. And, and it makes you look at different situations. You look at Arizona. I always look at their staff. I always look at Colorado staff. It's always a staff that's going to be looked at, not because Colorado is not forward thinking. They're not. I don't think they're perceived as an organization that's forward thinking. Um, also that hasn't been able to develop pitchers. A big part of that is being that they pitch at high altitude and it's very difficult to pitch in Colorado and maintain good numbers in Colorado. So if you're in Colorado and you pitch and have good numbers, it's amazing. And John Gray actually has been better at Coors in his career than he has away from Coors, which is really curious, but there's a lot of things to break down with John Gray. We're going to get to all of them today, break them down. You can make your own opinion, try to make you a more educated, better fan today. Um, understanding the free agent market and figuring out what you think is the best route for the twins. So let's talk about John Gray after this word from bet online and BetOnline.ag is back and better than ever a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online is where the game starts. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. So John Gray. Looking at the profile, 30-year-old from Shawnee, Oklahoma, drafted third overall by Colorado in 2013 from the University of Oklahoma. He's a Sooner. Career, 151 starts, 459 ERA. So right on the surface, his career numbers, not great. But his ERA plus, which is parking league adjusted, 
is 107. So he's been 7% better than league average in his career, adjusting for the course factor and for the rest of the league. Strikeout rate, 24%, pretty solid, 8% walk rate. There's nothing really shiny about John Gray uh, when you look at his numbers. I mean, 2021, his ERA was the exact same as his career ERA, 4.59. ERA plus was a little bit lower, but still above league average. Strikeout rate, 24%, same as his career. Walk rate, 9%. He's had some ups. 2019 was a big time up. 2017 was an up. And he's had some downs. 2018 and 2020 were not good. And then he's had some in between. 2021, where he's about league average. Um, some interesting seasons. Something to watch with John Gray is fastball and slider velocity. Because in 2019, his fastball is averaging, I think it was 96. And every year, if you look at this graph of John Gray's fastball velocity, it's like this herky-jerky graph. Like every year, his velocity fluctuates. And there's a correlation in 2019, at least a correlation, not causation. Fastball velocity is up. He has a career year in 2019. And that's why we were talking about John Gray at the 2019 deadline for the Twins, talking about him in the offseason as a trade target because it's he's already very good in 2019, but there's always this sense that you could get more. And Mike Petriello wrote this amazing piece, and I, I really recommend that you read Petriello's piece. He does an amazing job for MLB.com. Uh, John Gray, he wrote, is destroyed the third time through the order at Coors. It's not verbatim. My word is destroyed. But John Gray, the third time through an order at Coors Field, he gets crushed. And there's a fatigue factor playing in altitude. I know when I land in Colorado, I, I can't breathe. Like, and I'm a 21-year-old, you know, in college. Like, I can't, I can't breathe when I land there. It's really hard. And pitching there, when you come back from being on the road, coming back to altitude, 100% can see a fatigue factor. And, and Petriello's kind of pointing to this with Gray. Like, third time through the order, at Coors, he gets crushed, and it impacts his numbers. And for the Twins, we know they don't love to let their pitcher see a lineup a third time through anyway. And then you get him out of Coors and hopefully get a little bit more length from him, and maybe he's better the third time through. So there's one area where you look at him and say, okay, we feel like there could be improvement here. And Pichirello, Went into depth about that. MLB.com. Amazing. Nick Nelson also wrote about John Gray and, and said John Gray he thought was the most plausible, realistic, um, gettable Twins target this offseason in terms of a starting pitcher. And he wrote that John Gray has a career 391 FIP, which is fielding independent pitching. Uh, we talk about FIP a lot. That's what your ERA should be. Like It's basically a luck uh, statistic. He doesn't get chases, though, and Nick wrote this, that John Gray really doesn't get chases out of the zone, and he's been durable but not super durable. Um, he's one of the youngest starters on the market, and it's really important. And I actually want to go back, and and as I talk about Robbie Ray and I talk about Kevin Gaussman and Marcus Stroman, I want to stress with them, too, you're not paying for the past. You're paying for the future. And I think that's so easily forgotten. I forget that all the time. Like I need to remind myself. You're not paying for the track record. And so maybe I get caught up too much in the track record and, and I obsess over what a guy's been when in reality, you're paying for the future. You're paying for what you think he will be and what you think he can do for you this year, next year, however long that contract is. And when you put it in that way, it makes John Gray so much more attractive to me. Like it just makes him a much more attractive target. And here's a big reason why. I mentioned the stuff at the top of the show. It starts with stuff. It ends with stuff. John Gray, 95-mile-an-hour fastball this year. 
it's a low spin fastball. It's not a great fastball. Like his fastball gets hit hard. But we also know that as at Coors Field, the rise on a fastball gets knocked down by altitude. You don't get that that rise, you know, spin effect at the top of the zone. It's going to reduce that. Uh, his slider's at 87 miles an hour. His slider's an elite pitch. It's already an elite pitch. It's a, a great, great pitch, and it's a hard slider. We know the Twins love hard sliders. And then he has a changeup that he kind of mixes in just for show. Not a good pitch. So against uh, righties, 92% fastball slider. That's all he needs because his slider's so good. So command the fastball up and in, sliders down and away. Beautiful. You're going to get a lot of strikeouts that way. I think you could figure to throw the – the ball at the top of the zone for sure fastballs up sliders down and away it's a beautiful formula we know it works especially righty on righty if you can command the ball up and then down and away with your slider you're going to get a lot of swings and misses and you're going to get a lot of outs we look at bailey ober the twins increasing his slider velocity and then having him pitch at the top of the zone with that perceived uh extension and rise same with joe ryan look how many swings and misses they get because the ball it looks like a cookie at the top of the zone. You look like you can crush it, but it's not a strike a lot of the time. And if it's at the top of the zone, it's really hard to get to. You got to get on top of it and you have to catch up to it. So we know that fastballs up, sliders away is a beautiful formula. John Gray is 82% fastball slider versus lefties. I think you should bump that to like 90, 95, like get it in the same range because he really doesn't have anything secondary. I mean, his curveball is decent. It's high spin kind of probably uses it to get ahead and counts and maybe you could throw it a little bit more. But I think the biggest change for him is one, getting him out of Colorado. And, and the effect of that, I think is, is there's a dramatic sense to it. Like, Oh, you get him out of Colorado and he's going to be an ace. I don't think that, but I also think that if you get him out of Colorado, he'll be better. I think his overall numbers will be better. So somewhere in the middle and Keith law wrote about John Gray as somewhere in the middle on him too like someone you can dream on, but also be realistic about that. It's unlikely that he's going to be an ace, but could he be a really great number two? I think yes. And I think if you can get John Gray on these contract projections as a really great number two, that's a huge value. MLB trade rumors has him making 14 million a year for four years, totaling 56 million. This is like half the money that Marcus Stroman, Kevin Gaussman, Robbie Ray is going to get. So if I think, and I do think that Stroman, Gaussman, and Ray have better chances to be a two than they do of being a one. And you can get John Gray as a solid two at half the price. You can see where the value is there, where you can potentially hit on John Gray this offseason in a huge way. Fangraphs has him for about $16 million a year for three years. So another interesting thing, Twins Daily has him making $10 million a year, so either four for 40 or five for 50. That's interesting to me. Would you rather go, and he's only 30, but would you rather go three years at say 60 million where it's 20 million a year, or would you go four years and 60 million where it's 15 million a year? It depends what he values and it depends, you know, payroll situations, but for the twins, because they have a lot of work to do, I would go four for 60 and take a risk on that fourth year. If you can get it as an option year, that would be huge, but they already have so many holes they need to fill in the rotation that they're going to need every dollar that they can get. They also need a shortstop. So I would pay him for four years, but it'll be interesting. Like Fangraphs has him at a lower term, but a higher average annual value, which is interesting. Um, so let's do pros and cons for John Gray. People are excited about him. And I, I think rightly so. I think he pot potentially could be really good uh, outside of Colorado. And he's already solid. 
pros, you could unlock that upside. Could is the key word. You could unlock more for John Gray. But the overall splits, him being better at Coors in his career is, uh, I mean, it's telling. But also, I think Petriello's piece is, is great and and paints why Gray could could be it could be beneficial to get him out of course for sure i don't think there's any question it's also a 10 to 12 million dollar deal and i, I mentioned this stroman's going to get 20 25 a year ray's going to get 20 25 a year gausman's going to get 20 25 a year i think even carlos rodan's going to get 15 or 20 a year probably for two years or three years you can get john gray for 10 or 12 and this is what we discussed with trade targets luis castillo shamanaya chris bassett such a big part of that is the fact that they're only 8 10 12 million bucks you can get John Gray as a free agent for potentially 10 or 12 million a year. And that might be wishful thinking. You might need to go to five years if you get him for 10 million a year. You go five for 50, like Twins Daily um, hinted at in our projections. And he's also stable. The Twins need stability. They need stability in any which way. And in his career, he's an above league average starter. So adding him to the rotation today makes the Twins rotation markedly better than it was at the end of the 2021 season, period. Even without the uh, you know perceived room for growth right now adding john gray would make them better it would make them better for 2022 so anytime that's true it's big and he's got good stuff i love the stuff love the slider i think he can get more swings and misses on the slider i think the twins have a knack with sliders and i think there's there's something to be found there i think with john gray cons high perceived interest i think a lot of teams will be interested for all the reasons i just mentioned i think Anytime you can get a bargain free agent starting pitcher or a bargain anything in Major League Baseball, there's going to be a lot of interest. I guess a bargain in life and bargain in anything is great. Um, high perceived interest. I think there's going to be a lot of interested teams. I think there may be more interested teams in John Gray than there are in Marcus Stroman or even Robbie Ray or Gaussman because of the price and because of that perceived upside where you feel like maybe he can get to their level. They might not reach past the level that they were at. And you're paying them for what they've been. And Stroman, Ray, and Gaussman all coming off career years. You're paying them for their career year. With John Gray, you're paying him for the future. Like Nick stresses and, and I need to continue to stress to myself. Maybe there's no upside though. Maybe John Gray doesn't harness any more upside and he is who he is. And you know, it's a five-year, $50 million deal. It's a fine contract. But can the Twins really afford right now to have a fine contract? They need to hit on these they need to make up for so many bad signings they need to make up for all of those from last year through this free agent class they need to hit on some value plays and john gray who he is today is he worth five years and 50 million yeah but i mean it's not a great value at that point and to just assume that he's going to get better i think is is sometimes misleading and he's better at course. Like I said, that that kind of links in. He's an overpay candidate because of that, because there's this perceived upside, because there's this perceived, you know, ability that that's not yet been found. And it absolutely could be true, but you're taking a gamble there. And I could also see the argument that the twins should be taking gambles this offseason. I've I've definitely stressed that as well. So let me know what you think about John Gray in the comments. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at NashRocker9. Follow the show at Locked on Twins. Thank you so much for making Locked on Twins your first listen every day. Now make Locked on Bets your second listen, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day, and go Twins. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today.